Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. again and welcome to episode 145 of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. I'm Michael McCall. And I'm Steve Pander. And we're recording this episode from the first day of on-the-pitch training for the WFC2 team. They had their medicals on Monday, we're recording this on Tuesday. And we thought it was apt to record it here because this episode is dedicated to young Canadians. And of course the Whitecaps 2 team is jam-packed with young Canadians mainly because they have to, because of the CSA rules. But there's a lot of young talent coming through the white cap. We're going to hear from a a lot of the guys on the MLS squad today that I'll probably see minutes in WFC 2 this year. But before we get to all that, I think we should probably catch up with some of the the news. The big news, yeah. Yeah. Well, the big news is, Steve, you're back on the podcast. I wasn't sure you were going to be back on it ever again. Well, you just keep recording without me. Eh, (laughs) That's what happens. You have kids. You can't Scheduling-wise, yeah. But the big news... At the time of recording this, it hasn't been confirmed, but it seems all but confirmed. Blas Perez, the horny man himself, looks to be becoming a Vancouver Whitecap. Yeah, um, uh, I think uh, Aaron wrote an article on it last week. Yep, we broke the news on Friday on AFTN. The stumbling blocks were that the Whitecaps needed to move someone on to free up cap space, and Dallas were also wanting 50000 in allocation money, or the rights to Mauro Rosales and by the looks of it they've got the rights to Mauro Rosales it looks like it and then well you were talking about cap space but they also they want to free up probably a roster spot there too because they're they're very they don't want to be at a full 28 uh, roster size before they you know because they want some flexibility going into the season as well yeah Rob always said all along that he doesn't want to go into first kick with a full roster in case there's somebody that he wasn't able to get that suddenly becomes available. Yeah. And that, that's a possibility. As we saw last year with Chris and Teixeira, he came in April. Yeah. So the, none of the draft picks have been signed as well. And you have to think Cole Siler is definitely going to get an MLS contract. He, he should be, he should be the, uh, obviously the biggest choice. The other two, they could easily be signed to WFC2 contracts as well because they're second round picks. Yeah. And it does look, though, that you're going to have to move some guys on to, to make way for Perez, to make way for Siler. Uh, I think there's three free spots at the moment, but even with that... I think there's only one they want to use up. Yeah, I mean, m- money-wise, you also want to to free up some cap space, and you have to look at the likes of Darren Matix, Gershon Kofi, two guys, over 200,000. Lots of rumours have gone on for weeks now that, that they might be getting moved on, and... You have to think one of them is going to have to. 
Yeah, for maybe locker room um, chemistry, they might think about Maddox because of the fact that if they bring in Blas Perez, I, he'll see the writing on the wall for himself that uh, he's been knocked down another spot down the, down yeah. the chart, right? I mean, he's already been knocked down to three. Yeah, and if Perez comes in, that's four. Yeah, and, and then, then you've got Hurtado as well, who's really cheap compared to Maddox. And both of their finishing are about the same. Same thing, um, and then and then also everybody talk about uh, Cristiano Bernardes, um, and he. Everybody's talking about his flexibility. He can play almost all positions, and obviously he can play one of the one of the striker spots if they ever go to two strikers. So let's look at Perez. Not the most popular guy amongst oh, the white cap support, to, to say the least. I think it was two two years ago on our end of season round table. We pitched the idea to, to the crew of maybe bringing in Perez. It didn't go down very well at that point. It's still not going down with, with most people. I don't know. I, I think it's pretty what? split. I think the hard the hardcore in the south side and the supporter groups yeah. are very adamant that they There's, don't want him. There was a tweet this morning. I don't know if I want to mention name. He tweeted, it's a it's an effing disgrace. Um, if you sign him or cheer for him, you'll be sharing against Whitecaps history. I, I like the guy, but I find it funny because... I looked it up, and Perez has only played 700 minutes against the Whitecaps, so that's th- not much of a history if he's cooking that was history. I think it was... I, I, maybe, four- he needs to, maybe he needs to just clarify what he was talking about. <laughs> I'm not sure. But it just it's just sounded funny to me that that all of a sudden Perez is the worst guy ever to play against the Whitecaps, and I think a lot of people would disagree with that. Well, the thing that's funny about that as well is, like, I, I've refer to him as a cap killer a lot yeah. of the other media guys have used that term as well then when I was researching Aaron's piece he's only it turns out four, four, four goals, goals he's yeah. only scored against and, and us and one assist and he's only scored in three games yeah um, I think the fact that he comes from Dallas is one thing because obviously we know that they're just like diving bar stewards but it's more his antics that he's deemed to I don't want to say cheat but he's deemed to embellish go down easy but what what like we had Rivero having that same reputation here that he goes down easily too and yes. before cheering him and so, Camillo as well yeah exactly so uh, you know he cheated on the other team now he's going to be cheating for us it's a good thing I guess and the way I've always looked at things you can hate a player when he plays for the other team but as soon as he puts on your team's jersey he's part of your team now he's part of your club and you should be cheering him on because if, if we're going to hate everybody that, uh, that that you know we play against who are we going to sign from within well, MLS we're going yeah. to be signing people from outside all the MLS time MLS is such a small pool yeah. and the way that things work players are moving around all over the place yeah. and it's like as Darren Matic said in, in our interview that we ran with him last week players are traded in MLS all the time when a guy signs for your club you have to cheer him on and I actually like what he's going to offer I like what he's going to be bringing along. The fact that he is a bit of a nasty character, I like that. What the team has needed for a while is a big target man. A guy that can really kind of mix it up in the box, mess things up a bit, put himself about a bit. And for certain, Blas Perez is the guy that can do that. And overall, I'm welcoming the signing. I think it's going to be good. I think he's going to be a guy that's not going to be a starter. He's going to come off the bench in the last maybe 10, 15 minutes of games and just give us that thing which we didn't really have last year which is something different and a big target man and I think once he starts scoring those fans that are maybe not wanting him here are going to want him here yeah and I think the Whitecaps also need to I'm not going to say sell him to the Whitecaps fans but maybe explain a few things like for example the the celebration the horn thing that he does uh, a lot of people think it's about devil worship it's not it's uh 
Um, and then some people think it's about FC Dallas. It's like because the, they're kind of like the yeah, the Bill Horns yeah. or something. Yeah, uh, but but it's actually his uh, for his dad. Uh, his dad was nicknamed uh, the Bull, and so the Horns actually is a, a tribute to his dad. And if you ever, anybody ever has a chance to watch MLS Insider, uh, you'll probably find it on YouTube or maybe on their site. There was a, a, a profile on him that uh, that described all that about him. And. People should know by now, Carl Robinson is very big on character. He is not going to bring a player in that is going to be disruptive in the locker room. He's not going to bring a player in that goes against the other kind of players that he has here. So if Carl Robinson thinks that he's he's going to, to be a good addition, then he's doing it for the right reasons. And this has not just come out of the blue. This has been in the works since the end of the season. When he announced that he was leaving Dallas, Vancouver was one of his favourite options, and Kyle Robinson has been trying to get this done for weeks, and now months. it looks like it's finally yeah months. <laughs> and now it looks like it, it's finally going to be done. Yeah. Oh, well, let's uh, let's get to somebody that actually was signed uh, late last week. I think it was after you you sent out the last podcast, so you yes. weren't able to talk about it. Uh, we Scottish fellow who's actually Canadian, uh, Fraser Aird, he's joined the team on loan from yeah, Rangers. Yeah, he he could be the most Scottish Canadian since Colin Miller. He definitely sounds Scottish when you when you chat to him, as you'll hear in a, in a few minutes. He sounds more Scottish than Canadian. Yeah. But he's a guy that everyone's talked about that he's coming in as, as right back to battle with Jordan Smith. As you'll hear when we chat to him, he doesn't necessarily see himself as a right back. He does see himself as a versatile player that can play left wing and right wing. And I think that's... He's going to kind of be the new Russell Tybert yeah. in that he's going to be maybe a, a jack of all trades. Hopefully he's not going to be a master of none. But I think he's going to be a guy that Carl can bring in to play in a number of different positions. I honestly don't think he's going to be a starter. No, I don't think he's a starter right off the bat. And I hope it, it doesn't uh, dissuade him that he, like, if he doesn't get the starting spot right away that he doesn't upset him or anything like that. I hope he's patient with it and, uh, and takes the time to learn the, the league too as well because it's a di- much different league than uh, Europe. In fact, before we talk anymore, let, let's just hear from Fraser himself. He did a conference call on Monday, so there was a, a few of us on it, and we just talked about a number of things, about how the move came about and what he can offer the team and a few more. So let's hear now from Whitecaps' latest signing, Fraser aired. So, welcome to the White Caps, Fraser. When I spoke to you, like when you were here with the Canadian team in November, you seemed really happy at Rangers. How did how did this move come about, and is it just a case that you weren't getting starts under Warburton, and you just feel that at this stage of your career you're just needing to to get more minutes under your belt? Yeah, it was just um, a few factors, to be honest. Um, obviously, I found myself uh, not being involved uh, as much as like as I'd like to be um, when the new manager came in. Um, the team was doing well, and he's kind of sticking to the same lineup as managers seem to do, um, so I just thought that it was in my best interest that I need to go out and get regular game time, um, and obviously speaking to Robbo and speaking to a few other people, um, this is was probably my best option, um, and I just thought there's a few positives that could come out of it, um, and I just decided that this was the right move for me to go and pursue, uh, obviously, playing football and better my career. 
So had you asked to go out on loan or was it, do you know, did the Whitecaps, was it them that approached Rangers to begin with? Um, There's kind of a mutual um, thing between me and obviously speaking to the gaffer at Rangers. Um, Robertson was obviously um, happy to let me go out on loan because he understood that I needed to play too. Um, But obviously disappointed that I wasn't getting the games um, at Rangers. Um, So it's kind of a mutual thing. And just for myself, obviously, I've played um, plenty of games when I was younger. Last few seasons, 30-odd games plus. Um, and I was finding myself I wasn't probably going to get that this season. So I thought that I needed to act on that um, and go out and play games. Jim Fraser, it's uh, Cam Tucker calling from Metro News. Um, in terms of playing time, I mean, there's still competition at that right-back spot. Uh, how much do you kind of look forward to, to that uh, competition and, and trying to earn... Uh, your playing time uh, with with a new team, and, and was that something that was uh, discussed between you and Carl uh, uh, Robinson? Yeah, that's obviously one thing we discussed. Um, obviously, I've been playing there um, for Rangers at the start of the season, um, and obviously with the reserves, I was playing right back. Um, obviously, when I went to Canada, I, played, I, I came on as a right back um, when I got my first cap. Um, obviously, that was a position that Rubble thought that he needed to strengthen, obviously losing the boy to Toronto FC. Um, he knows I can play that position um, when asked. Um, he also knows that I can play a wide left and right, um, as I have for Rangers um, in the past. So I think I'm quite versatile. Um, and if I'm asked to be playing in a certain position, then I'll just go in and give it my all. And if you're playing at the end of the day, then you're happy. You were teammates uh, in Rangers with uh, Kenny Miller. As this whole process was going about, did you ever confide in him um, about the, the market in Vancouver and, and maybe what to expect uh, within the structure of the club at all? Actually, Kenny um, was a big influence, actually, on the reason why I came over. Um, also, he's still good pals with um, the manager, Robo, and speaking back and forth to Robo, speaking to Kenny Miller, kind of got the deal uh, over the line in a way. Um, He's very positive about the club, very positive about the manager um, moving forward. So he was very good, um, would suit the way I'd, I want to play, um, could fit into his team, could help me learn um, on the park, off the park. Um, so Kenny Miller was one of the influences why I did come over here. Um, but it was mostly down to the manager, speaking to the manager. And, um, he was keen to get me and everything that he taught me and Moving forward, he could uh, help me progress as a player. I was very keen on what he was saying, um, and hopefully I can go and do that and help the Whitecaps um, to some success this season. Hi, Fraser. Uh, Martin McMahon here, uh, writing a piece for Sportsnet. Um, do, do you, ha- you you mentioned that you are versatile in terms of the positions you can play. Do you do you have a preferred position, and what do you think about, you know, it seems that, that uh, uh, Carl Robinson seems to, to say you're going to be Really competing for that right bo- right back spot is is right back a position that that you like playing? Yeah, I don't mind playing it um, in football these days. Um, right backs, as everyone know, are very attacking players. Um, they come into the game um, quite a lot and a lot more than they used to. Um, especially when the wingers go inside, the, the fullbacks have the freedom of the width of the pitch um, going forward. Um, are a very attacking minded um, players these days. The way Football is um, so now. I'm I'm happy uh, to play in that position. Um, as I 
whenever I get the chance to play, whatever it is, um, I'll give it 100%. And I'm still young, still learning. Um, so the more positions I can learn how to play can only benefit me. Now, uh, this, this agreement um, has a transfer option. I mean, would you like to earn a permanent deal, essentially, with the Whitecaps? Or would you prefer to go back to Scotland after um, getting some game time out under your belt here and then um, go back there and, and win a first-team place there? Do you have a preference in terms of how this all ends up? I, I wouldn't say that it would be earning a contract here. Um, obviously, it was a season-long loan um, for me to go out and get games. Um, my club is still Rangers at this minute. Um, Vancouver's the only club I'm on loan to. Um, but further down the line, you can't predict the future. Um, if I come here and I love it, I get on with the manager, I go and play 25, 35 games, um, you never know what can happen. Um, but at the end of the day, um, I'm here to play football and just to take it each each step at a time. Um, don't want to look too far ahead. Still have 18 months left on my contract at Rangers. Um, so just need to play by year, and at the end of the day, I'm here to play football, and hopefully I go and enjoy it. Did you, did you have any other uh, conversations with any other clubs? Yeah, there's a few. Um, there's a few others, um, but I thought at the time, um, Vancouver and coming to play under Carl Robinson was my best option. And do you have any other, um, obviously you, you spent some, you grew up in Toronto, but, um, do you have any Vancouver connections? Have you been to the city before this? Um, any family out this way? No, all my family's in Toronto. Um, I was out here with the national team in, uh, in November um, for the game against Honduras. Um, we were in for a five-day training camp before the game. Um, so we were probably here for about seven days. Um, I actually love the city. It was a lot like Toronto. I'm a city boy myself, so I enjoy living downtown. and uh, it, was, it was good. I really enjoyed it. Um, I didn't think that I'd be coming back to live here for a few months when I came in November. Um, but no, I'm looking forward to it, looking to get to know the city a lot better. And no, I'm looking forward to it. Do you think that this, this move will, will help you in your, your international career as, as well as your, your club career? Yeah, I think wherever I went out on loan, um, as long as I'm playing first-team football, then um, hopefully I'm in with a shout. Um, I've got my foot in to the door, um, obviously, been in the last two camps and obviously getting my first cap against Ghana um, but hopefully playing more regularly um, over here uh, they can they get to watch me a bit more and hopefully I can cement my place uh, in the squad uh, moving forward. Carl Robinson is a coach that seems to um, give young players a chance. How much did that factor into into this? Yeah, we'll see. Um, Vancouver have had the youngest squad last two years in a row. Um so I'll say it shows that Carl, um, he puts his faith in the young boys. At the end of the day, if you don't give the young boys a chance, then how are you going to know how they're going to perform uh, in the big games? So um, it's all about giving boys a chance. I was lucky enough to get my chance when I was very young um, and keep myself involved. So it's a good thing for all the young boys coming through. Um, me being one of them, I'm still young. Uh, so hopefully he gives me a good chance at it, and then it's obviously up to me to perform well on the park, um, do well in training. And then it's uh, up to me to keep the jersey. There are a couple of familiar faces for you, I guess, from the uh, from the, the Canadian uh, camp. Uh, I guess Russell Russell Tybert would be a, a guy that you you met previously at that uh, at that other uh, after you've been called up. I mean, does it help to, to know a couple of the guys? 
Yeah, also I know uh, Rusty, just from being in the last few camps at Canada. I also know Sam, uh, Kian, um, the Marco Bustos. Um, so there's a few boys that I know uh, in the squad. And hopefully they can help me settle in a little bit. Um, and then all the, all the new boys um, since they've been in have been very welcoming. And hopefully uh, I could sit down with a few of them and get to know them a bit better since they're going to be my teammates for the next uh, nine months. And how much do you know about the league? I mean, I, I know it started to get shown over there on Sky, but how much do you know about Major League Soccer and the rivalries that the Whitecaps have with, like, Portland and Seattle? I actually had a season ticket at Toronto FC the first year they opened. Um, my dad and brother still have season tickets to these days. To this day, sorry. Um, so I used to go and watch them. I used to actually watch Robo play for Toronto FC back in the day. <laughs> um, and I used to shout at him from the stand. But, no, it's, it's a growing league. Um, as you can see, there's, it's attracting a lot more um, experienced players um, from overseas. Lampards and Gerard Pirlo um, coming over and playing and I think the league's only going to expand and get better um, year after year but I think the standard's very good um, right now in the MLS and for someone like me so young um, looking to improve I think that um, I, I can only benefit from coming over here and you've had an experience of the turf obviously uh, when you were training with Canada I guess like an artificial surface isn't as daunting to you because in the lower leagues of Scotland there's so many teams putting that in now but how did you find the turf here and is it an issue for you playing like half your season on an artificial pitch? Uh, I wouldn't say it's an issue. Um, at the end of the day, BC Place is BC Place. It's not going to change. Um, if we go in and ask for grass, it's not going to change so we just need to get on with it and play. Um I'd say it's probably at our advantage when teams that play on grass come and play us. But at the end of the day, it's the surface. Uh, with the same dimensions as every football park, once you cross that white line, it's 11 v 11 on the park. So at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. You still need to go and win the game, um, surface or not. But no, I don't think it uh, has any effect on any of the boys. And you just need to get on with it. Uh, how much uh, did that, you know, you talk about watching Carl play um, and being familiar with him as a player. How much did that factor into the decision to come here, or is it, or is that just kind of a sidebar? Oh, no, it's just a sidebar. Um, obviously, I know Carl's done fantastic since he's got the job at Vancouver. Um, it's shown, obviously, the last two seasons. Um, they finished the season very well last season. Obviously, disappointed getting put up at Portland, but they went on to win it. So hopefully we can go and implement the same uh, season as they had last year. Or better, it um, would be amazing um, to get more silverware uh, this season at the club. I know that they won the Canada Cup last season. Um, it would be good to go again and do that this season and hopefully we could uh, do well in the league and have a chance in the playoffs. So how old were you then when uh, when you were watching Toronto FC's first season and you were a season ticket holder? Must have been 13, 14, 15, around there. I was still a young boy. Um, no, I was... Uh, I used to go and watch with my dad, brother, um, season tickets in the main in the main stand. Um, once uh, when when Robbo used to play there, and then when I moved over to Scotland, uh, my dad and brother kept their season tickets, and they still follow Toronto FC closely um, to this day. Uh, so it'll be interesting when we go and play them uh, on May 14th um, at Emo Field in the league. 
and I just wonder who they're going to be supporting that day. And did you did you have any discussions with you know obviously our North American uh, base or you grew up you, you grew up here? Did you ha did you think at all about um, potentially entering the North American soccer system before you you ended up going to uh, going to Scotland or or was it always Europe was the first priority when you were younger? Um, I think it was probably the first priority when I was younger when the chance came about um, to go out. Um, on trial at Rangers, um, it was a no-brainer for me. Growing up a lifelong Rangers fan, um, getting a chance to go play for your boyhood, boyhood heroes, it was a no-brainer. Um, and when I went over there and done well and got offered a contract, I was still only 15 at the time, and you can't leave home till you're 16. Um, so I had to wait two months, and then two days after my 16th birthday, I moved over, um, and I've been over there ever since. So. It was kind of a no-brainer when I got offered the contract, and it was something that I always wanted to do. What's, what's your family's reaction been to the to the news that you're uh, that you're you're coming back to Canada, albeit uh, other side of the country? It's a shorter flight for them, so I think they might actually be quite happy. Uh, but no, at the end of the day, it was my decision. Um, they can only guide me and give me advice on making the decision. Um, but I'm big enough now to make my own choice up. It's me that has to go play, me that has to go live um, wherever I'm going to live. But uh, you know, they were happy. They knew that I had to go out and get games because I couldn't um, sit on the bench and felt like I wasn't really involved um, at Rangers at the time because the team was doing so well. But no, they're, uh, they're happy with my decision and they'll back me to the wall. Um, so hopefully they can come and watch a few games and see if I can change them into White Caps fans. Fraser, how excited are you to come over to Major League Soccer and join the White Caps? Very young team, an up-and-coming team, playing in front of 21,000 fans at DC Place? I'm, a, I'm as excited as you are asking me that question. <laughs> uh, no, I'm a, I am excited. Um, it's a new challenge for me, um, something different. Uh, obviously, coming over and playing in Major League Soccer, um, I'll have to get used to the travel, um, playing in different stadiums, um, different style of players, um, different lifestyle. Um, I'll just have to get used to it. And hopefully I enjoy it um, off the park, and hopefully I can do my best on the park. And if I'm doing well on the park, then I'm happy off the park. So just need to get my working gear on and hopefully uh, do my best. Fraser, what um, what have you noticed in terms of the uh, the level of play? Uh, obviously, early days yet uh, with the with the guys, but what, what have you noticed about the level? How does it compare uh, in terms of just the, the training environment right now? Uh, it's a wee bit hard to judge right now. It was my first training session today um, with the group, obviously after coming in pre-season uh, to Tucson, but I think that the level's good. Um, showed last year with the squad that they had. Um, they played good football. They're good to watch. And hopefully uh, this year, bringing in a few boys and bringing in myself, we can improve that and we can go through the business. What's the biggest thing you'll need to adapt to? Probably the traveling for games um, will be something I'm not really used to. For this game in Scotland, last for this season would probably been about three-hour drive, and I think that our shortest game this season will probably be about a three-hour drive. Um, so maybe get used to that. Obviously, the recovery time, um, the way the coaching staff obviously has to plan sessions around long travel, um, the jet lag. Um, so it'll be something I'll have to get used to, um, but it's all part and parcel of, um, with us playing the MLS, and uh, it'll be a it'll be a good experience. 
So Fraser Aird there talking about a, a number of things. And, 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 and correct me if I'm wrong, but when he when he joined the national team, I think he was listed as a right back. He was brought into the national team last year against Honduras as a right back. Is that correct? Yep. Um, he, Rangers kind of converted him from the right wing role to to right full back because that's what they were needing. And as he said there, he's played for Rangers and the first team and, and the reserves and Canada in the right back position. Being versatile in the modern game is huge and you kind of have to you have to go with that. I think him and Jordan Smith are very similar in that they offer a lot going forward. Except he one's likes, tall and one's short. Yeah. <laughs> he likes to go forward. Jordan Smith likes to go forward. It's whether, it's how they fit in defending, which is the key thing, because you're, you're needing them, if they're going to play right back, to be able to, and to have ga- some defence as, as well. As scary as it sounds, I think Jordan Smith is probably uh, along further on the defending part of it, because he's played that position most of his life. Yeah, and like Jordan Smith has had a, a lot of fans making comments on social media that they don't think that he's a starter. This is a guy that's getting called into Costa Rican national team camps. Yeah. They're not going to call him in no. if he is not a decent player, so... Yeah. It's like and Costa Rica is one of the uh, rising teams. I yeah. think in the, in the but I mean, there's no curving it up. He was burned several times defensively last season in, in the few games that he played. But the, but that's the thing. He's he came in halfway through the season. Defenders yeah, finding, finding his feet. Unless you're Kendall Waston, defenders don't normally come in, and because you usually have a book on how players play the attacking players, so you have, and have an idea of how they're coming at you. So Jordan Smith is going to have that now. He's going to get more uh, information from the coaches and stuff like that, and it'll, it'll be. Uh, better position to play plus when he came in he only came in once in a while Betashore was still the starter last year yeah and Robinson as well said that he wants his fullbacks to attack so my question for you is and I can address this in the last podcast as well are we maybe going to see two different lineup a home lineup that might see the likes of Arikugbe and Smith attacking and then an away lineup where you might see Jordan Smith and Fraser Aird maybe in the fullback positions. Well, I think I don't know if it's going to be home and away, but I think you will see some kind of uh, mixture there. I don't think they they want to get obviously Sam some minutes. Uh, they don't want and they don't want to burn out Jordan. And I think Fraser Aird eventually will show that he is good enough to start in MLS, and he will push Jordan Smith. So I think there will be rotation that way, and I think it's the best thing to do because you want to keep everybody fresh in the lineup, especially if they want to, they want more attacking going forward. And we've come back inside from Whitecaps 2 training. We're sitting in the car now watching Whitecaps 2 training. Uh, Just in case you wonder why the acoustics sound a little bit different for the rest of this podcast. So when you're talking there about rotation, one thing which has become very evident is it's a, I think it's a stronger squad this year than last year. There's going to be a lot more competition for places. And with that comes the, the aspect of... How do you get minutes for the young players when you're bringing in top players like Perez, Balanos, Kristen Teixeira's re-signed, Kudos come in? Where do you find the time and the minutes for the guys like Marco Bustos, Kians Froze? Sam Arikugbe looks like the guy that's going to get the most minutes from that. But how do you think Carl's going to manage to get these minutes for these younger guys? Well, a lot of the younger guys are going to be playing obviously in WFC 2. Um, there will be obviously still some uh, probably changes in transactions like we talked about earlier. Uh, some players still might move out. And then I think on, on t- overall, I think it's just a, a matter of finding minutes and, and, and doing the right rotations like we talked about. Keep everybody fresh. Because last year you had guys like Pedro Morales who burnt out really fast um, and, and wasn't an effective player at all by the end of the season because of injury and because of you know overall tiredness. 
And Carl's talked so far about wanting to, to hit the playoffs in the right form, wanting to hit it in a hot streak, which is definitely what they didn't do last year. They, they were hot early on, then they tailed off a little bit going into the, the playoffs. They went into the playoffs not in the best form and then were held goalless in the playoffs. So this year he's wanting to try and get his players hitting their, their peak at their, their best possible time, which is what Portland did. It's easier said than done. But yes, somebody like Pedro, you don't want to play him too early and burn him out. And I think we're going to see a lot of games where, especially away games, where it's going to be a, a young squad that, that go down to a lot of these away games. Yeah, and then you won't even see the, like, especially the East Coast trips. I think there'll be a lot of, uh, not a lot, but uh, like two or three veterans who you think would be in the starting 11 might not even make the trip and just stay home at that point. Yeah, I mean, very possibly. And I think that could be when we, we see the likes of Bustos and Froze getting minutes. And one of the things which Kyle said was, like last year, Marco played one game. So his challenge this year is to try and play five or ten games. Well, last year was a lot to do with injury too. Oh, yeah. He was missing for most of the first half. He didn't even get to WFC two games until I think it was June or May or June yeah. or something like that. So he wasn't. The whole point I think last year was to get him playing WFC two, and then maybe by June or July he start moving into the first team, and obviously that wasn't able to happen. And then Keans is another guy as well. He played, I think, something like 10 games last year. So Carl's yeah. challenge to him this year is to play 15 or 20. Yeah. So that, that's the challenge that he set these guys. And one of the young guys who didn't see any MLS minutes last year, again because of injury, but was... was na- but was named WFC 2 Player of the Year. Yeah, yeah. Ben McKendry. Like, Ben was doing well with WFC 2. Took a couple of games to find his feet. Started to do really well. Had an unfortunate knock. Yeah, then basically it was a season-ending injury. Yeah. Missed the chance to play in the Canadian Championship games. Missed the chance to play in the Champions League games. Didn't get a chance to make any MLS appearances. So a tough year for Ben in some regards. As you say, though, named WFC2 Player of the Year. I got a chance to catch up with Ben at pre-season camp last week where he wasn't even able to, to still do all the physical testing. He's still doing a little bit of rehabbing. But I had a chance to speak to Ben just about the season ahead, what he's looking forward to, and a little bit of reflection on last year. So let's hear now from Ben McKendry. Uh, first thing to ask you, Ben, how, how's the injury going? I see you're still kind of doing yeah. rehab work out there. Yeah, I've just been uh, doing rehab during the off-season and trying to build the strength up. And um, Obviously, it's not quite where I want to be or else I'd be in full training and doing the fitness test and stuff. But um, got Rick Celebrini on the team, so that, that's pretty pretty huge. And uh, hopefully, um, before the season starts, I'll be back to full training and no more issues from there. But... Seriously. Yeah, because I thought you hit, I thought it was ready. You were ready to go towards the end of the season, or did you have a little bit of a yeah. setback? Yeah, well, I came back and kind of got back into full training and was feeling good, and then it kind of swelled up and blew up a little bit on me. So we just shut it down. It was, it was at the end of the season, so there's no no reason to push it too much. And my main goal and the coaching staff's main goal was to have me ready for for this upcoming season. Um, and obviously, still not there yet, but heading in the right direction. And looking back at, at last season, the USL season, you seem to take a couple of games to find your feet, but then you were like flying. Yeah. I mean, how, how did you find your performances? 
Uh, yeah, they were great. I, I enjoyed playing in the USL. I think the first um, first couple of weeks of it were a bit frustrating. I think because obviously any player that's with the first team wants to be playing in BC Place and have that attention. Um, but after a while, I just uh, realized how fortunate I am to be able to be playing games and to have opportunities to show my development. And I think that's what I ended up doing. And um, it definitely helped out um, a lot with kind of finding my feet with this club, the new team and stuff. And um, this year, I'm hoping hoping to, to get some first team minutes and build on that. And each each stage is kind of progressing to, to a new level. Now, looking at your position, like we know you as a DM, but we know you've also played like other midfield positions as well. Mm-hmm. The DM position just now looks stacked. Mm-hmm. It's like, what do you need to do? Do you feel to to get some minutes, or has has Carol told you that it's the plan for everyone to kind of yeah. play this year? Yeah, I think there are definitely a lot of quality defensive midfielders uh, in this team but I think everyone else, everyone is different I'm different to, to the other guys that we have Rusty's different, Matty's different Davey's different, Gershon's different so um, I'm not I'm not trying to be the greatest tackler like Matty is or I'm not trying to be well maybe I do want to be the fittest, fittest, <laughs> fittest guy like Russell is but um, I, I want to bring something that, that I have um, that the other guys don't have and I think that that's getting forward and, and talking with Robo. Uh, him and I have similar ideas of, of what um, I bring to, to the defensive midfield position, which is nice to hear. Um, so that's just what I want to do this season, is kind of make my own mark uh, on that position. I, like, we've spoken to Robo about you, and he's, like, he's very high on you. He, and he's, he's said really favourable things about you, and he, he feels you've definitely got what it takes to be an MLS starter. Mm-hmm. Is it just kind of about patience now and just showing that you just deserve the, the opportunity and then when you get it just to take it yeah I think um, what I've always done is just kept getting better like I don't I don't uh, get ahead of myself I don't um, never really satisfied with with the level that I'm at I always look forward and um, that's that's what I want to do this year is just keep on getting better keep learning from guys like Maddie Laba and wherever that takes me, um, we'll, we'll find out. But I'm looking forward to, to the journey. And you have to hopefully expect as well that you'll get C minutes in the Canadian Championship and obviously yeah. the Champions League again as well. What would it mean to you to, to play at one of these places, like say Mexico or like one of the, the top teams in CONCACAF to kind of have that atmosphere and that experience? It would be special. I've kind of had a little bit of a glimpse with it with the, the Canadian national team when we had uh, the qualifying uh, under 20 tournament tournament down there in Mexico, but yeah, uh, watching Impact, uh, sorry, Montreal Impact play was Club was Club America or uh, yes, it was. yeah, in the, in the final yeah. when they were playing in front of the packed yeah. um, house that looked pretty intimidating and scary. I don't know how that would be, but um, yeah, it's exciting. I definitely want to be on a bigger stage this year. And you'll be seeing USL minutes, we would assume, as yeah. well to to start with. The team's looking a lot stronger than it did last year. Mm-hmm. What, what do you feel the team learned from last year going into this year? The defence wasn't the best, but it looks like yeah. there's been some additions that might help that out. Yeah, definitely. I think um, kind of consistency throughout the whole year. I think we had a stage, um, and I obviously was involved playing minutes and stuff with the first team, but being a part of the group and seeing seeing how training sessions are going, injuries, all that type of stuff, we kind of 
fell off a little bit near the end of the season. So I think that'll be be our main focus this year is to keep everyone healthy throughout the year because we do have a lot of depth. We have guys um, that can come in and fill positions really well. So so keeping a healthy squad is important, I think, this year. And just the last thing, you, you touched on like being away with Canada. Have they been in touch with you or kept tracks on you about bringing you into camps yeah. or anything? Uh, not so much lately, just just because the the injury and stuff. I obviously haven't been training, so there's not too much to talk about when when the guys out for a certain period of time. Um, my main focus is is with the Whitecaps right now, and I think that's um, important to to be here and uh, establish myself here first before I start thinking about other things. Well, good luck, and we'll yeah. hopefully see you in the pitch soon. Yeah, that's great. Cheers, Ben. Thanks. So that was Ben McKendry uh, talking to Michael last week, and and one thing you have to be you know feel good about is he he's a very confident player. He's in confident in his own abilities, and it's clear that uh, Robbo has shown confidence in him when we talk to him in interviews as well. Yeah, I mean Robbo has said uh, he sees him as an MLS player, and he he feels. I mean, there's a lot of talk about Will Johnson maybe coming here in the off season, and like Robbo said to us that he feels that in a couple of years' time. McKendry is going to be as good as Will Johnson, and I mean that that's that's great for the lad. So I mean, he he's keen to play. He's just going to have to go out for the WFC two team, sit at a light there, and he'll he'll get his chances, especially in the Canadian Championship games that's coming up in June. And if he takes a chance there, he he's going to definitely get MLS minutes this year. And then also uh, another spot we did we were talking about like all the young Canadian outfield players. How about the one Canadian that we have in goal? Uh, Marco Corducci. Uh, at this point, they haven't signed a second keeper. Obviously, we got Spencer Ritchie as well. Where do you see him fitting in on in, in, in the lineup and everything? Do you think he... Uh, he didn't play too much last year. He split the duties with Spencer. And also, Tornagi came down a couple games too. So where do you see him fitting? Has he got enough to be that number two keeper? I mean, he's definitely a talent. We've known that for years. Spencer Ritchie, I'm, I'm quite high on as well. I think we've got two really good backup goalkeepers. The thing with Marcos, of course, he has the MLS contract, so that kind of goes in his favour a little bit. But I, I, I still have a sneaking feeling that Kyle Robinson is going to bring in a number two backup keeper. And if he does that, it's just what that might do to Marcos' confidence going forward. We, we don't know. But he said just now, anyway, that he's going to let Richie and Carducci battle it out in the, the pre-season to try and see which one of them is going to maybe secure the backup spot. And you'd have to think that that backup person is then going to get games in the Canadian Championship and Champions League. And also drop down to WFC too when he needs to. And we actually asked Marco about that and just about the goalkeeping battle and just the the tough season, I think it was, fair to say, that he, that he has in 2015 with being in and out of the team just so that all the other keepers could get minutes. So let's hear now from Marco Carducci just talking about a few of those things. Uh, so Marco, first thing to, to really ask you, last year, I guess it was a good year, it was a challenging year, you got to see a lot of minutes with the USL team, 
you didn't see any minutes in the Canadian Championship. Looking back from you personally, how did you find 2015? Yeah, I think, I think like you said, there were there were a lot of ups and downs for me personally. But I think it, overall, it was a good experience for me to go through that. Um, you know, because going from the first team to the USL and, and then you know playing one weekend and maybe not the next was was for sure difficult for me. But it was a part of my my development moving forward and knowing that you know you have to be patient. You have to to make sure that every opportunity I had to play and to train, I had to take it. So um, I'm just looking to build on it, of course. And this year, I'm, I'm it's a it's a clean slate, right? And I know there's a lot of opportunity ahead. So I'm just going to work hard and and like I said, use what. I had to go through last year and, and use that to my benefit this year. And looking at the USL season, now I know you're kind of used to it from being with the residency that you play one week, you don't play the next week yeah. or whatever, but how hard is it as a player to know that you, you can't get a run of games because you have to share the minutes around? Exactly. No, that, that was probably one of the most difficult things because I got a lot of minutes, which was great, but it's hard when you play one week and you might not play for another two or three um, and it's hard to build that that momentum, but again, that's something you have to be able to deal with, and and that's something, like I said, I, I want to be able to use moving forward. So, I think a big thing for me is, is to hopefully get in a situation to get you know consistent games, and I think that that's the next thing for me moving forward. And Paolo Tornag has obviously moved on, and Robo has said publicly that. He's looking at it just now. Yourself and Spencer are going to kind of battle it out for the yeah. number two. Is that? what he's told you guys as well yeah I think uh, he, at the end of the year what he told me was again it's it's a new it's a new year there's going to be new opportunity and I know personally that there's a lot of options and a lot of opportunity for me moving forward and I think uh, my job is simply to just uh, to work and show them that I am ready um, but I think the, the biggest thing and it's a mutual thing that we share from the coaching staff and myself is finding the best spot for me for my development moving forward uh, but like I said, I'll control what I can control, which is showing myself off well on the pitch and working hard. And the fact that you've already got the MLS contract, do you feel that gives you a little bit of an advantage over Spencer by uh, the battle? For me, again, it, it's the past doesn't matter. What that again, like you know, it, it's great for me to have that, of course, but it doesn't change anything for me at all. I think, again, I just focus on taking it day by day and and working hard. No matter whether you have a contract or not, or this, it's every day you have to show yourself. And being a goalkeeper is, I guess, one of the it's the toughest position really on the pitch because there's only one of you. Absolutely, yeah. So when you when you're behind a guy like David Eisted who wants to play every game that he can, when he's got like such a, a good record and doing so well form wise, yeah. obviously you learn from that. But is is it frustrating as well knowing that your chance? You're really yeah. relying on him being injured or something to get your well, chance. Well, like you said, that's that's part of being a goalkeeper, right? You know, David has shown in the last couple of years, and especially last year, that he's a top goalkeeper. And to be able to train with him and learn from him every day is going to help me massively, you know, moving forward. Um, but that's part of the job, right? You have to be patient. You have to wait for opportunity. And, you know, I mean, being a goalkeeper as well, you have a longer shelf life, right? So there's a lot of time for me. I'm not forcing myself rushing, but I want to be grow all the time and, and you know look in the future and say, you know, down the line I want to be ready to be a starter whenever that may be. But yeah, it's uh, to work with Dave is is great. You get to see it firsthand what it takes. And the, the caps, it's like it's a strong goalkeeping pool. You keep bringing them through. It's like even just now in the 18s, you've got Aiden and you've got uh, Trisolini. Yeah. 
knowing that there's so many guys coming through, does it put added pressure on you that you feel you have to go out there and perform now? I think, I think it, it doesn't change anything again. I mean, there's always going to be um, in any position, really, and it doesn't matter whether it comes to the academy or not. They're always going to be looking to bring in new talent, new young guys. And uh, for me individually, right, of course, I know that guys are always going to be pushing and trying to get to the spot that I'm at because I was in the same situation yeah. in the residency. I thought, well, I want to take that guy's spot. So uh, that's just another, another you know, little piece you have to think of and make sure that you're always better than the next guy and, and you're continuing to, to develop and get better. And when, when Robo doesn't bring a guy like Callum Irvin back because he doesn't want to block your pathway, that must give you at least a big boost. Absolutely. No, I, I, and from what I've, you know, the conversation we have and also through the last couple of years, I know that they've given me a lot of opportunity and I know that, that um, you know, they, they, they want, we're both on the same path. We want to be moving forward and I, and I want to be the one, of course. I want to be the one moving forward. And again, it's up to me to... Uh, to make sure that I get to that level and I continue to improve. Uh, but it's great for me to have that confidence in the coaching staff and being able to work day in, day out and, and again, set those goals for the future. And looking at the games that you might get with the first team, there's the Canadian Championship again and there's also the, the Champions League this year. What would it mean to you to maybe run out on a pitch in Mexico or like something like that? Yeah, I mean, that would be fantastic, of course. And that's, again, on top of getting those minutes in those kind of environments, that's massive, right? Getting that, playing in that, you know, uh, the hostility, the pressure, that that can only be uh, like beneficial for my development. So, you know, if I get those opportunities, then you got to take them and, and enjoy them and use them. And goals for the season? Is it just to try and? Yeah, of course. It, you know, I've never been one to really set a specific goal uh, because, again, there's a ton of opportunity, and I know that there's a lot of options moving forward for me. So I'm just going to focus on one thing at a time, which is right now it's preseason and, you know, showing myself well and making the decision for the coaches, you know, I want them to, to have them in the back of the head that, you know, he's ready or whatever. Again, whatever is the best for me is what I want to be uh, or where I want to be this year. But uh, I'm just focusing on preseason first and, and leaving a great impression and, and getting better every day. Well, that's great. Well, good luck this yeah. season and we'll see you in action soon. Thank you, Mike. That's great. Thanks so much, Mark. You're welcome. Cheers. Yeah, thank you. So a very upbeat and optimistic Marco Carducci there and wishing well. It's weird. I was just thinking when I was editing that part of chatting to Marco. We've spoken to Marco now for so many years. It's we can do a best of Marco interview. For yeah, the podcast. he's always he's always been a guy that he's a really good interview. Yeah, he seems to have the the leadership part of it, the the maturity part of it down. It's just a matter of uh, learning the technical skills of a keeper, and once you get to that, I think he'd be a very fine keeper down the road. And remember, keepers they don't they don't become uh, like in other leagues, top leagues, until they're twenty five. Like you're basically. 25 when you become uh, in your prime and ready to start yeah I mean he's definitely got time on his side and David Ousted is not going to be here forever no. and the chances are then when Ousted moves on Marco could be the guy that's then had all those years and experience under the belt moves in as the starter we'll have to see how it goes we're really looking forward to seeing the battle between him and Richie two go- top goalkeepers and 
the USL team, the way that the defence in front of them was last year, you didn't really get to see exactly how good those two keepers were. But with a better defence in front of them this year, I think you're going to see just how good both these guys are. So enough about the players. Just before we wrap up this episode of the podcast, let's talk about the other big news of the week. On Monday, the Whitecaps' new kit was revealed, a new away strip. Sea to sky, lots of blue, lots of baby blue, lots of stripes. Yeah. What's your thoughts on it, Steve? You a, you a fan? I, I don't mind it. I, I kind of like it. I, I just wish there was a couple of changes, and obviously this is our fashion corner of the week part of the podcast. Because, I mean, anyone that knows us will know we yeah, are fashionistas. <laughs> yeah, big time. Um, but my only issue is that it the the drastic from the dark blue to the light blue was just it, it was too like one in one shot i would have preferred where the blue is in the middle of the kit and if that was at started at the bottom and it was more gradual you do you know understand what i'm talking about but that, like, that wouldn't then be sea to sky no i understand that but i i, I just I, I the color wise there would have been a nicer fit and i cuz it makes the i like the sleeves but it makes the sleeves really stand out uh, when you have too much dark blue up top, I, I wish that like that 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 blue that's on the sleeves was like, almost across the chest too, upper chest area. Uh, it's kind of a weird thing with describing it on a podcast when if somebody hasn't seen it. Well, I, I'm a big fan of it. I I like that color of blue, especially the baby blue aspect. Yeah. Anyway, and I've always been more of a fan of the away strips than the home strips. There hasn't been a an MLS white jersey that I've actually really liked yet. Yeah. But I've liked the blue ones. I particularly liked the the first year when I had the argyle pattern. Yeah. I mean that that's still my favorite. Well, this one's got a pattern too. It's got the V. Yeah. In, in it, it's very subtle, but it's it's it, you can definitely see it in there. I think it looks really smart. My my favorite MLS strip for from recent years Kansas has been City? Kansas City's yeah, away one, and this the is tartan or something like that, right? Kind kind of tartan, I guess. Yeah. It was more checks, but I guess right. you could say tartan. Let's go with tartan. Sure. But I think this this hasn't dislodged that it's been my favourite but it's right up there yeah. I think I'll probably end up buying one I, unless I, anyone wants to, to give us a free one I think I think it has to grow on me it takes for me new jerseys whenever something changes it has to take a while to for me to see it and everything like that well if you get a medium sized one it you might feel oh, like it's growing on you there you go the, the only thing I disagree with like they're talking about like sea to sky if it was going to be that it would be going from dark blue to probably dark grey just by the skies in Vancouver. Well, see the sky, they mean the mountains. Ah, okay, not, not just this horrible rainy sky that Yeah, because the highway leads to the mountains, yeah. But I mean, I'm a fan. It's had mixed reactions so far online, but I I, I love the collar. You're going to get mixed reactions with everything. You can't please everybody all the time. The only thing I don't like, I don't like that it's a plain back. Oh, I would have kept the same design the whole yeah, strip. It makes, makes no sense. sense to me that it's a plain back. Yeah. But anyway, that, that's our fashion corner for, for the week. So let us know what your your thoughts are on the on the kit. And let us know your thoughts on anything else as well. And we'll read them out in the, the next episode of the podcast. But for now, that's this episode in the bag. Just before we go, Steve, let everyone know where they can find you online. On Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. And I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read our stuff away from the numbers, AFTN.ca. I'm also the Whitecaps beat reporter for MLSsoccer.com, so watch out for all my stuff on there as well. We'll be back next week with a, another special podcast. We've dealt with young Canadians this time, and next week's one's also going to have a bit of a Canadian flair for you. So until then, as always, thanks for listening, take care, and mon the caps! <laughs>
going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.